Before we get started with today's episode, I have a really exciting announcement. Wonder Media Network's Encyclopedia Womanica has been nominated for a Webby Award. We need your help to win. I'd so appreciate if you could vote for Encyclopedia Womanica as the best science and education podcast. You can find the link to vote in our episode notes. Now let's get to it. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. In case you're tuning in for the very first time, welcome. Here's the deal. Every day, we're telling the stories of women from around the world and throughout history who you may not know about but definitely should. Each month is themed. For the month of May, we're talking about mavericks and legends. This theme is perhaps not as obvious as some of the others so far. We're highlighting women who went against prescribed gender norms to make a name for themselves, for better or for worse. Some of these women did incredible things for society and should be celebrated. Others had a big impact that was not quite so rosy. Some deserve a bad rap, and some did deeds that were remembered negatively simply because they went against the norm and deserve to be reconsidered. All in all, the collection of women we're featuring this month is complex and nuanced, much like all women are. Today, we're talking about a woman who had an extremely successful and public career as a band leader, organizer, and composer at a time when that simply wasn't done by women. Called the Female Sousa, we're talking about Helen May Butler. Helen May Butler was born on May 17, 1867, on a farm in Keene, New Hampshire. Her father, Lucius Marshall Butler, was a railroad engineer. He had designed some of the earliest Pullman cars. When Helen May was a little girl, the family moved to Providence, Rhode Island. From a young age, it was clear that Helen May was musically inclined. She learned to play the violin and showed such promise that she was given the opportunity to study with the concertmaster of the Boston Symphony Orchestra, Bernard Listerman. Though Helen May enjoyed playing violin as a soloist, the era of popular musical bands had arrived, and Helen May wanted to play music with a group. For a female musician, that was much easier said than done. When she was approximately 25 years old, Helen May decided to form her own group, the Talma Ladies Orchestra. The band formed from members of the Talma Ladies Club, and they performed for private parties in the homes of the wealthy. They were so successful that the group eventually purchased its own theater. But Helen May was not satisfied. She wanted to helm a band that could perform in public like other popular marching bands. At the time, playing music in public was seen as inappropriate for women. Women were rarely taught how to play brass instruments. Military-style bands full of brass were in vogue and were viewed as especially masculine at the time and into the 20th century. Still, with the help of her father, Helen May found a teacher and mastered the cornet. She then helped teach other women how to play. Brass instruments were seen as such a male-dominated category that some of the women had trouble buying them. Certain stores would only allow men to purchase on credit, not women, because the store owners believed women wouldn't be able to make a living playing music. Helen May's father and brother helped Helen May's students by allowing them to purchase instruments in their names. Around 1896, Helen May created the U.S. Talma Ladies Military Band with brass and woodwind instruments. The band initially started small, 
but grew to at least 25 to 35 women and up to 60 women depending on the venue and occasion. The women donned military-style outfits and hats with ostrich feathers. Helen May and the U.S. Talma Ladies Band were soon being noticed by the right people. A businessman named John Leslie Spahn heard them play and was such a fan that in 1898, he sponsored the band and became its manager. The U.S. Talma Ladies Military Band rebranded to become Helen May Butler and her Ladies Military Band, also known as Helen May Butler and her Greatest American Ladies Concert Band. While the band members' genders had been previously used against them, Spahn saw the all-women group as a marketing opportunity and even altered his own name on marketing materials to maintain the image of an all-women operation. Promotions called the group an atomless garden of musical eaves. Armed with its new name, Helen May Butler and her ladies' military band played at the 1901 Pan American Exposition in Buffalo, New York. They were the only group of women to perform. The band was unique for the time due to the gender of its members. It was also very, very good, earning the appreciation of many as one of the top bands in the country. While it was initially made up largely of women from the Northeast, the band's constant travel schedule meant that Helen May gained exposure to excellent musical talent across the country. Helen May and her group traveled from coast to coast performing music by American composers. They performed more than 100 times in St. Louis, Missouri, Charleston, South Carolina, and Buffalo, New York. They played over 200 times in Boston. Spahn is noted as once saying that the band was booked for 54 weeks a year, and he was working on 56. Helen May's forceful style and personality earned her the nickname the Female Sousa. In 1902, Helen May and John Leslie Spahn took their business partnership to the next level. They got married. The couple had two children together. The year after her wedding, Helen May was appointed the musical director of the International Women's Exposition in New York City. That year, she also performed at a landmark we've all heard of, the White House Lawn. President Theodore Roosevelt was a fan of Helen May and her band, so much so that he made one of her compositions the official march of the Republican Party during the 1904 election, and the band played at the Republican National Convention. Helen May, John Leslie Spahn, and the band continued touring until 1914, even though Helen May and John got divorced in 1908. Helen May remarried and eventually settled in Cincinnati, Ohio. Helen May continued to teach music even after she retired from the band. She'd earned herself quite a reputation and was once spotted at a concert and invited to conduct John Philip Sousa's band by the man himself. Later in life, she became engaged in politics and even ran for Senate. Helen May Butler died on June 6, 1957, at the age of 90. This episode of Encyclopedia Womanica is brought to you by Little Passports. It's a challenge to know what to get for kids in your life. Especially right now, it feels like there's a lot of emphasis on having fun and making sure things are educational. Get the best of both worlds with Little Passports. Little Passports is a subscription box full of toys and games for children of all ages that educates and entertains. It's delivered right to your door every month, and each package contains exciting, hands-on learning for kids three and up. There are tons of different things to choose from, 
With their World Edition subscription, you can discover new countries with souvenirs and hand-on activities. I'm really excited to say that Little Passports is sending my cousin and her two little girls a Little Passports box of their own. I can't wait to hear how it goes. And now, just for our listeners, Little Passports is offering 15% off the price of any subscription. That means your child could be flying rockets or looking through a microscope in no time. Use offer code ENCYCLOPEDIA at checkout for 15% off your order. That's ENCYCLOPEDIA at littlepassports.com. Check it out! All month we're talking about mavericks and legends. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our newsletter, Womanica Weekly. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Encyclopedia Womanica. And you can follow me directly on Twitter at Jenny M. Kaplan. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow. Hey listeners, Mother's Day is around the corner. Are you looking for a unique way to tell the mother in your life how much she means to you? Never fear, WMN has you covered. Forgo the classic gifts and purchase a customized episode of Encyclopedia Womanica starring mom. Head to wondermedianetwork.com and fill out a few questions. For just $100, we'll make a special podcast episode all about your mom that will no doubt be a big hit this Mother's Day. All submissions are due by May 6th and will be delivered on Mother's Day, May 10th. For more information, visit wondermedianetwork.com.